just keep doing better each week, each month. Have your benchmarks, have your targets. Like if you don't know how to set targets, just pick a number and see if you can do that. If you couldn't hit it, you might have gone too high. If you nailed it and crushed it out of the park, you went too low. Like even like go super unscientific, but have something on the board and compare it against it and then keep moving into that. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of More Clients Less Habit. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and I'm joined by the amazing Justin Rondo today. Justin, of course, is the co-owner. I should say, of course, Justin is. <laughs> of course, like everyone knows you. Thank you. Everyone knows you now. Justin is the co-owner and president of Invisible PPC, a marketing leader and tech enthusiast with over 13 years of experience and has trained thousands of marketers in CRO, which we're going to talk about, analytics, funnel architecture, email marketing, and marketing strategy. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. Really excited to be a part of it. I do like that use of of course, though. It's like, of course it am. Like, but but no, there's plenty of people that have no idea who that guy am, which is good because I wouldn't presuppose to believe anybody knows who that guy am. Well, wait, wait. How many Justin Rondos are there in the United States? I wouldn't Google it because there's some people named Justin Rondo that had some that did some bad stuff, and like, <laughs> and apparently I haven't been notable lately. Where like, oh well, there we. Uh, there we go. If you are Justin Googling and you find someone who's been a bit naughty, that's not this guy. It is not me. They have pictures next to it. It is not this visage. I did come across an interesting website the other day that actually, if you type your name in, you can work out how many people have the same name as you. So I need I need to check that one out, actually. Now I'm curious. I'll need to. I'll need to look it up again. Now, but you have been in the game for a long time. You kind of, again... And digital marketing, when we talk about it, isn't really been around for that long. Yeah. But you got into the game really early. I'm curious to know, sort of, tell me about a bit of your journey. Yeah, yeah. So never really planned on being kind of in, in the digital marketing space. Because, I mean, like, even you couldn't really study or thrive to be a digital marketer kind of growing up in the time I did. It wasn't a thing. It was more, it was really more of a fad or a new thing that was kind of breaking into the standard, like, just like marketing culture. I... Didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I wanted to be a professor of philosophy. That was a fun one, <laughs> essentially what I studied. But eventually I just said, you know what? Like it was what, 2009, that was the recession uh, in the States. Didn't have a gig. And I found myself at a small software company uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. No, it's not. That's not one of these jokes where like, oh, it's actually HubSpot. It wasn't. Some people still think that I'd worked there at some point. I don't. Me on the record, never worked there. <laughs> Just to put, to put it on the record, HubSpot was actually founded in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Wasn't it, it was. It was. Exactly. So whenever I say that, it's always, oh, HubSpot. I'm like, no, they were kind of our, like, people we always wanted to work with at the company. It was an email template software company. And I was doing kind of like the full, like, marketing show. Probably there was about five of us in the business, which kind of really showed me, like, oh, this, they're the marketing thing. I didn't know, like, what Google ads were at the time or, like, I'd never seen the back end of it. 
Google Analytics. I was like, wait, they can track all of this stuff. I remember kind of that that was that that mind blowing moment when you're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't understand that was underneath the surface, and I just sucked it up like a sponge. The stuff that I, I really had a lot of fun doing was really on the email marketing side. That's kind of where I started because you could send an email, and we had a we had a list of over uh, a million million folks on there. You'd send an email, and you just start seeing money, like you start printing money, and you're like this is cool. You see the cause and effect. You can start running tests. You can see what works. And then from there, I was just like, I want to start sharing what I'm learning. Like I didn't think I've always believed and I still believe that in the marketing world and in the business world for what we're doing, we're not in a zero sum game. So it's worth sharing with working with people. And um, that's when I moved into the the conversion rate optimization space when, before it was a thing. Like this is like early, early days. I was like the young gun in there. There's maybe like a handful of us doing this. And really talking about and training at the time. Now, of course, yeah. you know we're talking back in the day when you could actually send an email and just practically print money. Yeah, that's the idea of getting idea of getting email was such a novelty back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. As more and more people come into it, I think you talk conversion rate optimization. We did talk CRO. You know that conversion rate optimization is really the ability to continually to optimize the thing that you do to get the outcome that you want. Exactly. Yeah, it's taking just like you know. It's just an overall process that where you're like, hey, like I, I took what I learned from email marketing. And said, hey, what if we did that on like web pages? Like, how can I, how can I get continuous improvement there? And then that's when you start running into like the different testing platforms, the different agencies that specialized in that. And that's when I was running a publication called Witch Test One. That's gone now these days, but that was all about evangelizing conversion and optimization and split tests for better or worse for how we did it. In hindsight, I think I caused a lot of the problems that made people think a split test could change their business. It can't. So I do think I was partially at fault for a lot of that. But during that time, like we were, we built a, an awesome membership site. We had a great publication. We launched an event. We did road shows across the US and in, into the UK as well. And that's where I met the next gig where I, I kind of leveled up at that level was when um, I came over as an individual contributor at, uh, at Digital Marketer. And so that was when I came in as a, just their CRO guy and I was building content and training around CRO and analytics for them. And really just making sure that all their, their pages and tracking was was good to go, running all the split tests, really kind of being the one publishing all that stuff on the site and doing all that work. And then kind of got exposed to a lot more stuff. When you have that, when you have that level of, of like budget and team and expertise and mentorship, eventually kind of I was there for seven years and over that time went from being just the individual contributor, like CRO guy, to running the marketing department, to running the company, to moving over into their kind of like experimental, like software division, and really just having a lot of fun there. And then from at that point, went into you know the, the true SaaS game. Like I tried building my own product, went into larger project management software marketing, realized I didn't like that. I didn't like big companies. I liked advising big companies. I didn't like the, the politics day-to-day and those things and partnered up with my, my now business partner, Avi Kumar going back to kind of like helping the smaller guys out and and supporting agencies, whether they be local agencies, e-com agencies, or anybody that needs help running, running their ads, kind of where I found myself now. Yeah. And a visible PPC is really about, you know, providing agencies some back-end capability to offer PPC services or pay-per-click services to their, yeah. their clients as well, which I really love actually. And I, I love that story about how you discovered, you know, got into the digital marketing space and kind of they're really able to jump your game through the digital marketing community, you know, and mentorship from Ryan Dice there and stuff is, you know, it's very similar to mine where I kind of found myself accidentally kind of in this mm-hmm. space, right? Yep. And, you know, having to explain to my parents, you know, what on earth I did 
like, I, my, my parents still have no yes. idea what I do. Yes, mom, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, I'm so <laughs> saying whatever you'd like to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe what you'd like to believe, mom and dad. But yeah, it's like, let's not get into the details. But it is, you know, we've sort of, I guess, grown up through this period, of, you know, particularly yeah. in the noughties, I guess, where in the last decade, where we've discovered so much and the pace of tech development in digital marketing or in marketing in general has been massive, right? But there are still there are still fundamentals, right? There are still fundamentals oh, yeah. of marketing. We're just overlaying some different tech and different channels. Yeah, there's there's the tactics will always change. The tactics, the channels, all that stuff will change over time. But there are just there are foundational fundamental things that don't. And if you can understand that and then overlay the new tactics on top of that to to better optimize the speed at which you can move people through some of those fundamentals, then that's where you win, essentially. And that, that's why there's always going to be kind of a place for folks in the marketing world, whether it be in-house marketers, whether that be agencies, whether that be agencies who help agencies or anything like that. Well, that's the thing, right? Fundamentals of marketing don't change and have been yeah. consistent from time immemorial. We are mm-hmm. humans helping other humans. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, but we're going to digress here. We're going to actually go into some of the tactics because I know you've got a particular strategy that you use in your business that largely converts 10 to 12% of everything yeah, into a qualified appointment. Now, I love these ones because I'm not sure about you, but I certainly see in my feed every single day, like, you know, do this one thing and you'll get $275,316. <laughs> like, well, how do you get that number? You know, did you make that up? <laughs> Yeah. You know, or I'll book 80 qualified appointments a day for you. Oh, now, what do I do with them? Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, but they're all us. rush. And, and we see a lot of this in, in digital, like in our social media channels, right? It's mm-hmm. literally, uh, hi, my name's Dave. Here is my price list. Yeah. Yeah. Which there is a lot of. And if you haven't seen that, you might be living under a rock, but it could definitely happen. What's your process? How do you do things differently that gets, I guess, appointments of people who want to be there, have a mm-hmm. problem not solved, have budget, and recognize you as an expert in solving that for them. Yeah. And so a few things before I just get into that, because I think you 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 touched on a, a few notes that I want to make sure people hear. Like right now, everybody's kind of getting into this commoditized game in terms of like how they're pitching their marketing services to people. Like when you're talking about the, you know, it's the Alex Hermosi strategy of like 90 qualified leads, they're all give you your money back or I'll work until you get them. That is so oversaturated at this point in time. And so if you're about to do that offer, don't. It's oversaturated. Also, people are seeing or very much seeing through it because anytime I see that, I'm, I'm saying I'm not going to work with you because it's not just the cost of getting the lead and those types of things. The time it takes for me to actually get them, if you're not able to to do what you say you're going to do, but you're following like that, like too good of a guarantee to be true type thing, you're still wasting people's time. And people are noticing that now and seeing that now. So if you're seeing those types of offers out there and they're pitching you, run. If you're pitching them, stop, right? Stop doing it that way. And now I think transitioning into what I'm doing, it's it's not a ninja hack. It's not a ninja trick. It's fundamentals again. So this is foundational stuff I'm doing that has always worked and continues to work, but people don't want to do it anymore because it's not flashy, right? It's not the next new thing. It's not sexy. It's oh just, <laughs> it's not AI. There's not zero AI. <laughs> There's zero chat GPT in this at all. All of this thing is, it's, it goes back to the standard, like the standard funnel concepts that we've talked about forever. And now, you know, it's a flywheel or whatever. Who cares? 
but it's always talking about that level of awareness and and kind of what you offer people as kind of those breadcrumbs to get them to where you want to go, right? So what I do specifically, so at IPPC, we have, um, it, it's a book of meeting. So people can't buy from us unless they talk to a sales rep, right? We don't want any, someone to pay us money and be like, hey, I don't actually want to run ads. Give me a refund. Like we just lose a lot of money on Stripe charges, right? So what we realized at first, what we thought, hey, let's just start retargeting people that come to the website. Let's just start retargeting them with book a meeting. That was costing us like 300 something dollars to book a meeting because they just, it, it was the whole site. We're still like, you know, I mean, our site's not huge. We're a niche business. So we're getting maybe like, you know, 10,000 visits a month or something like that. So it's not a massive, massive website, but we can retarget well enough. But like what I had did that when I saw those price points, I was like, God, like anywhere else this should work. But what was going on was there's only a few conversion pages on our site. We have a lot of blog content. We have a lot of other things. So if we wanted to pare that down to improve our retargeting, probably book a meeting stuff, we should have only been on like two pages and retargeting only visits to two pages. Gotcha. So if you're not yep. familiar with retargeting, what we're talking about here okay. is ability to basically track people around the internet. Okay. It puts a little bit of code on your computer. And you would have seen it. It's not quite as freaky as Facebook when your phone suddenly serves up ads that you've been talking about Yeah, um, that without touching it. But if you go to a website, we can put a bit of code on your computer and we can follow that bit of code around the internet, present you with other ads. In this case, in your case was you came to our website and didn't book. So therefore we want you to, you know, yes, yeah. another opportunity. And it does work, right? Because it's, it's it, on that it, media. It, it works, but it works most of the time. But like the problem that we had there with the initial thing was like, did they actually mean to book a meeting? Because like abandoned stuff works when they had the intention of doing something, right? And so that's where I was like, okay, well, let, let's change it. Most of the people that are coming to our website, they are like organically, they are their agency. They're generally agencies looking for like help on PPC or like have, like tricks or like things to better serve their client. Every now and then we get them end clients as well, but we try to use agency only language content and those types of things to almost DQ them. So we, we're getting a decent amount of traffic there. So I was like, wait, we have this great course. It's a 33 minute course, absolutely free, whatever, that, that is specifically designed to teach agencies how to sell pay-per-click services. That's it. Like, it's not like a groundbreaking thing. It's just like, hey, here's, here's why it works. Here's who it works for. Here's what you can charge for it. Here's how we could help if you want to use us. And that's all it is. So instead of retargeting for booking a meeting, I'm like, maybe they don't want to meet with us yet. We haven't proven anything. What if we retarget them for the course? What if we just go, hey, book, sign up for this course, get into it, and then then we'll also obviously just like remarket the living hell out of them to book a, to book a meeting. Like what we do is we have a three part email sequence that just goes like, hey, what'd you think of the course? By the way, if you're interested in talking a little bit more with the rep, blah 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 blah, like just book a call here. And so that sequence uh, is the one that will. It's now at well, it, it just passed twelve percent, so twelve. Well, that everybody who takes our course books a meeting with us. Right, what your conversion rate off the back of those meetings? You've seen a much higher conversion rate now that you've taken that additional education step and people are like coming in and they're going, yeah, I'm going to talk about this and how we can work together. It's more anecdotal at that point because we've always kind of, I need to look at, I need to do actually kind of more of a historical analysis on this, like even prior, but I think our close rate probably close to like 15, 20%. It wasn't that before. I don't know if that's, I think it's a mix of a lot of things. We changed a lot of things. I can't isolate the variable, but it's definitely had an impact because I, quite a while, I was taking every sales call. So I'm hopping on the call and if they went through the course, they already kind of knew what our prices were. They were pretty much pre-sold. If I was clever, 
I'd probably try to find a way to pitch them something at the end of the course too, to see like, Hey, just become a partner buy this now and then book your meeting to like get your people on. That's probably something I'll end up testing out if you're watching this and that's what I do now at one. Uh, but, uh, it works. But, <laughs> yeah, it worked. But yeah, that, that was when I realized, okay, we have a winner here. And the thing with marketing is like marketers are kind of like baseball players. Like if you have 20% of your stuff works, you got a great batting average, like your hall of fame. Like, and, and just know that there's going to be a lot of failures, but when you have something that's working, do everything you can to double, triple, quadruple down. Yeah. Certainly one of the things I'm talking to a lot of clients now, when we do that sort of strategy piece, right? Get the strategy right first. And then we can apply tech, as you said, you can apply whatever tactic happens to be popular right now to it. There, There are those fundamentals. We are, we do need to educate people. We do need to get them to kind of give us their details and we do need to then sort of say, how do you want to do the next step? Rather than going, let's have 10 kids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Which is obviously what a lot of people are doing, and it it does get very loud and very saturated very quickly, is that we have these kind of fundamentals and we we need to keep testing. Like Mm -hmm. in any situation in any business, I don't know if this thing is that we're going to try is going to work. We're going to benchmark. And I think the first optimization is always let's try something as opposed to not where we didn't do anything as opposed to nothing and then just just try something try something simple and that gives us a baseline and then we can sort of start optimizing from there and that's the journey we need to take on Uh as marketers is not try to get to the end result straight away that this is the last thing we will ever do because even that at some point Uh you know one of the strategies you tried earlier that didn't work now might work in 2028 exactly yep and i think that's important i like the the app the addition you had there it's like do something get it out test it Keep it simple though. <laughs> like, don't like if you, when you, as soon as you get too advanced and stuff, you're either going to push off doing it or, and to, because it's not done yet. And you're really just pushing off because you don't, you're scared it's going to fail and just kind of like nip that in the bud like immediately. But with this case, when we had the winner, we're like, okay, now how do we just get more people to the core? So instead of just, so like on the organic, like anybody that comes to our website, if you're on the website, you're going to see a pop up that says, hey, you should check out this course. Like you're, you're just going to see it. That has a, Four percent a pop up with an exit pop up with a four percent conversion rate. I'll take it. So four percent of all of our four percent of yeah four percent of people you didn't have before. Exactly, exactly. But we're about to lose we, all of our lead magnets that we have. So the simple, useful, but incomplete type of information that people that that they trade their information for that asset with you. We'll be running two or three at any given time on paid media. We have them listed on the site for people to sign up to. They all go to a master automation that is. It's delivering email. Hey, you should probably check out this course. And it's all about the course again, getting them into the course funnel. If they don't take it, then we hail Mary because we've provided them some value. Like, hey, if you want to book a meeting, you do that too. That one will convert lead magnet. 10.5% of the people that take a lead magnet take the course. And then 7% of people that take a lead magnet book a meeting instead. So like, I know all that. So then it just goes, okay, cool. Like we know, we know what our, like what we're willing to spend to acquire a customer. We know how it breaks down from there. And then that becomes very valuable. And what we do for like our Facebook market. So it's just like, all I'm seeing now is great. We have this mid bottom funnel offer to get people to book meetings with us. We can qualify that even better with stuff to show. So like prove that we've done the work. Now let's just get more people on the website. So they see that pop up. <laughs> Or they can be remarketed for other groups because our ads, like our, our ad groups are going to be either, are just going to be a mix of lookalikes, interest-based, and then replay audiences because we were also putting a decent amount of budget behind just quick 60 second videos of us providing value. And yeah. 
whole bunch of stuff in there uh, <laughs> that I want to pull that I want to pull out. Firstly, lookalike audience. Yes. Right? Yeah. Explain to me super quick, couple of words, couple of sentences. Yeah. What's a lookalike audience? Yeah. So a lookalike audience, like, is exactly what it sounds like. So you can so on Facebook, uh, I'll talk particularly. I know I know Google used to like had this, but they're moving it away and they're sunsetting that on that side. So it's going to be primarily Facebook and social channels that have these types of things. But it's take like something like your customer list. I took our email list because I just wanted to know anybody who's willing to give us their email. I want more people like them, right? So what happens is you upload that list. They'll match it to, they'll make sure they can, you know, identify the types of emails that are in there. Then they'll utilize the parameters in their system to then start finding more people like those people and advertising to them instead of the people on that list. So it's different from like a custom audience, which would be the audience you're defining. This is utilizing one of your audiences and allowing their algorithms to identify those other points that would indicate that these people are like the people that are on your list. Yeah. So similar, we're talking similar demographics, psychographics, maybe all that sort of stuff. I love it. Okay. Because a lot of people don't know about lookalike audiences. In fact, it's even a thing. Second one I want to pull out, and I think I see this a lot, is people don't know what their cost of acquisition for a customer is, right? Or Mm -hmm. to spend. Talk to me a little bit more about that concept. Yeah, so we know, I, I know, like based off of those numbers, when I'm talking about my lead magnet conversion rate to course, or really just a total meeting, I can say, all right, it's going to be, so let's say it's, um, I think I broke it down. Let's just do the course line. It's easier at this point. We have a 15, 20% conversion rate, like close rate coming in. Average immediate, and I say immediate value to us is probably around just under 3K, right? So then of all the people who book a meeting, 12% of them, 12% of the people who took our course book a meeting. So then if you do the backwards math of, I would just have it in like a spreadsheet. I'm doing it backwards. I should do it the other way. Anyways, I'm thinking in backwards spreadsheet, but then you'll start to look at like, okay, cool. So actually, let me pull up the calculator. So let's say I'm paying $5 for a, a course lead, right? From the retargeting side of things, or even just from, yeah, let's say I, I can take it a little bit further. Let's start with this $5 for the course lead. 12% of those, it's going to mean that's about a $41, at a $41 meeting at that level, I think. But about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, look, you're looking at a $41 meeting, which then, so let's do 40, 41, I'll just take 42, round it up. That's $210 to acquire the customer, which then we know immediate customer value is going to be So that's all in. That's not too, not too shabby. Yeah, it's not so bad. Uh, okay. And I think there's a lot of things that people don't know. And, and when you work with a really good marketing strategist, they'll start to pull this sort of information out. Yeah. You won't know exactly. that. What does it cost to acquire a customer? I remember several years ago, I had a conversation with a financial planner. I said, well, what's your customer worth, lifetime value? And they've gone, don't really know. I said, well, how much do they pay you a year on average? I said, well, you know, and then they've gone, it depends. I'm going, well, the average is the sum of all the money you make by the number of customers. So that's, we've yeah. got an average, right? Worked out to be at four thousand dollars. She kept them for eleven years. After that, they, you know, they uh, either went elsewhere or died. In this case, mm-hmm. so she's making and then how, yeah forty four thousand. I said, well, how much would you pay to acquire a customer worth forty four thousand? It turns out she wouldn't even pay a hundred bucks for it, which I found really fascinating to do that. Right, but you know, when we understand what it costs to acquire a customer across all of our channels, we can start to optimize that down, but really focus on if I spend this much on average. I will acquire yep. a customer with this amount of money to do it. Now, yep. if in your case you're spending 210 bucks to acquire a $3,000 customer, when you start churning the wheel, you're doing that as much as you can. Yeah. Exactly. The tool starts time is that now it's going to cost you $4,000 to a customer, 
or 3001 to require a 3000 dollars customer, which might also be okay if you're aware that you're spending more, mm-hmm. get them. Then you might get yeah. and, and, and then when you're looking at these things too, because I was doing mine off the like immediate month one value, right? Well, how you want to look at things, especially when you're thinking about like, how much am I willing to pay? How fast do you recoup the cash that you paid? So you could start, and that's with SaaS companies. Do they start at a loss? Like there's no, there's nobody profitably on in month one bringing somebody in at profit for any SaaS. Like it's going to be like probably like three to eight months, depending on what they are. If it's a freemium model or kind of going that. Yeah, and then and but they know they do it deliberately, right? So you know, people yeah. like you know, for example, is you know very very good at, at that. You know they gave it away for free, knowing that long term they'd get it up. Uh, Dropbox yeah. did it. <laughs> Hotmail back in the day did it. Facebook even did it repeatedly. And yeah, yeah. You know, as probably the one that everyone knows, Facebook was a freemium model. You come in for free and then eventually you buy stuff through their platform and they make money off the back of that. Meanwhile, they you know, they captured all your data and they've sold it to someone else. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're the product now. <laughs> yeah, so you are the product. I mean they're a data company, not a social media company, but it's a really interesting thing to know if you know your cost of acquisition, right? How much it costs you, how much you're prepared to spend mm-hmm. to acquire a customer. You can do much more and much more, I guess, mature marketing in terms of what yeah. you're to spend to get it and get that return on investment you know, over over whatever period of time, whether it's in month one or month six or month 12. And of course, you can also control the speed of acquisition as well. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're spending $4,000 to acquire a $3,000 customer, you can only do that so much before you need to get a return on investment. Otherwise, you go broke. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, you're actually doing all a heck of a lot. But this is exactly why knowing these numbers and knowing these conversions, conversion rates is so is absolutely so critical. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love it. And I think you know, from the, my big takeaway from what you just shared with us is you've got your blogs, which of course lots of people have. You know, you've got your call to action, which is you know, book a call off the back of this. But just by introducing that course in the middle mm-hmm. as additional step has suddenly improved the entire funnel. Exactly. It made it into a funnel. Like when we purchased the business, there was no real acquisition engine in place. And it took us, it took us about eight months to get it, get it right. And it, it wasn't like, you know, no progress. And then on it month, they, wow, like everything's working. Like it was, uh, we were working towards it. It is, it is a, a progression. So I think, again, don't lead into the hype machine of like, here are these tips that got me like, 500 like qualified calls by doing this one thing like stay clear of that like just keep doing better each week each month have your benchmarks have your targets like if you don't know how to set targets just pick a number and see if you can do that if you couldn't hit it you might have gone too high if you nailed it and crushed it out of the park you went too low like even like go super unscientific but have something on the board and compare it against it and then just be better than you were the week before and then keep moving into that. That's how you're going to actually grow. And that's what took us from no acquisition engine other than, yeah, it, was, it wasn't because how, how Rob used to sell, like, sell things was it was partner call and then I think premium, like, premium content that people had to purchase versus like a premium, like a free content model. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So many value bombs in that, you know, listeners, and, and just sort of take that little bit of advice there. Right? Sometimes it just takes that little bit of an extra step and that constant refinement, right? Set your benchmark. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. We'll spend the first month setting a bench. Figuring it out. Audit, and then you go, there we are. And then see if you can beat that the next week. Right? And if yep. you don't, toss that experiment out and do the next one. Yep. Move on. All right. Justin, we always finish with a quick fire round. Uh, All right. Every episode of More Clients, Less Effort. I want to know 
Super quick. Why would you consider yourself successful? Oh, short memory. <laughs> if you had coffee with any historical figure from history, who would you choose? Oh, man. Oh, no, I'm blanking. <laughs> I think it needs to be quick. I can't do it. Uh, from history, go. I didn't think great. I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody that, like, yeah, I think there'd be, like, now more, maybe because I'm focused on it now more than, than, than history. But Well, let's go with that. Who would you have lunch with? Oh, I'd want to hang out with like Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park. I think they'd hate me like in person, <laughs> but like, I'd love to meet them <laughs> just because they seem, yeah, they just seem so cool, but I'd be scared to meet them because they'd be like, this guy is, yeah, they, uh, might, put, they might put you in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Definitely don't do law school. Like you plan, like you made the right call, like stop wasting effort on that. Just keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about being a lawyer. Well, like, it's, it's ironic you should say that. I um, was on a podcast some time ago called The Worst Mistake Ever. Andrew. Yeah. Uh, Andrew? Um, I'll have to look up. I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, my worst mistake. And it, it, the guy originally set it up to uh, be financial mistakes. And when he started running his podcast, he was like, people came out with all sorts of things. <laughs> And my definitely my worst mistake ever was the nine years I spent at uni. <laughs> yeah. Should not have done that. Lastly, mate, where can people find you online if they want to know more about Invisible PPC and the amazing Justin Rondo? Where can they find you? Yeah, uh, it's invisiblepc.com. If you want to chat with me, it's justin at invisiblepc.com. I love getting emails from folks and just chatting about all things marketing. And then I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active there as well. So you can find me there. I'm wearing a, a hat similar to this, not this exact one, and a pink flamingo shirt. So I stand out. You'll be able to know that you found the right guy. Yeah. Look for hat and pink flamingo shirt. Of course, if you're listening to this, you won't be able to see Justin's hat, but. Very true. So one of those, you know, trucker hat type things, big bird, yeah. flap, you'll, 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 you'll get the vibe. You'll get the vibe. You'll, you'll get it. You'll know. Like Justin, really appreciate you joining us. So many value bombs in that episode. And listeners, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. And look forward to seeing you next time. Justin, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is great. And we'll catch you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.